You're listening to. You're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 167 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, June the 1st, 2018. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And APAM is over. How do you feel, Minji? Is it ever over? <laughs> <laughs> we have moved on from Asian Pacific American Heritage Month and into Pride Month. Yes. Which is also, I, I saw a post today saying it's also Immigrant Heritage Month. We'll just move on to the next thing. <laughs> is it bad if I say that I'm relieved that APAM is over? <laughs> well, I mean, APAM for us as, you know, people who work in and with the Asian American community means we barely slept all month because we were always doing stuff. And really, so. APAM is never over for us. That's just <laughs> the reality. Well, you had a really busy one. Like, we haven't had you on the podcast um, since the first episode of last month since you've been busy speaking and traveling and doing all this yeah. fun stuff writing well, the whole I first week was writing <laughs> this is true and i shan't complain you know it seems very like petty to complain I'm not complaining um it's been a really great month it's been well it's been interesting Let's put it that way. but i miss cloudcast yeah well it's the first episode of june so as is our new format we're going to spend this episode doing a quick pop culture roundup of the biggest headlines over the month of may um so let's get started uh, minji what have you been into uh i don't know if it's, i say into we got to see a special sneak preview of oceans eight which was yes. amazing um so that's the most thing that's like that's the thing that's freshest on my mind yeah, we were um, contacted by uh, a group working with Warner Brothers to set up a a preview screening for Asian American influencers, and were able to catch a a sneak peek of Ocean's Eight. I say sneak peek, but we watched the whole thing. Um, this this episode is going up today, so we can't say anything about it except for our uh, our reactions to it. So, Minji, what was your reaction to it? I really enjoyed it. Um, I was really stoked. I mean, when I saw the preview, I freaked out because it's Aquafina, obviously, and that's the representation component was fierce, mini Kaling. But in general, you know, I'm an actor, I'm also a woman, and just to see an ensemble female cast like that Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Helena Bonham Carter, Rihanna, like I just died. So it was really fun. Um, I'm so stoked for, for Aquafina and. I enjoyed it. It was, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm so scared of like what I'm allowed to say and not say, so I'm just going to not say much and be cryptic. So sorry. <laughs> well, it was really cool to see Aquafina turn into like, she's becoming like, she's on the same trajectory as um, Melissa McCarthy was like a couple years ago. Like just every time she gets a chance to shine, she knocks it out of the park. And yeah. it's, it's going to be pretty soon where she gets her like her spot and her starts starring in her own. Um, comedies and i cannot wait 
Yeah, I just, well, we got, to, I mean, when we got, to, I hate being like that name drop, like, we got to know Aquafina, but that is, like, I feel really, spe- I feel special, like, that we got to get to know Nora when she was doing her thing on YouTube, her, um, her music that she was just, like, putting out there into the universe, just having a freaking good time out in New York doing her thing, and then her performing at Collaboration mm-hmm. in New York in 2014, like, those are really special because, she was so herself. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Her, her style, her personality is so unique to her. That's why you can't, you can't duplicate that. You can't manufacture it. And that's why I think all the – everything that's happening for her right now is so – everyone that has been following her, they know it's well-deserved. And I don't know. We just all expect really good things. <laughs> yeah. And – Mindy Kaling also killed all of her seats. Like we were focusing on the the Asian American people, and because you know that's who we notice in these movies. But let's not forget the fact that this is a full like female led cast, and it and it totally works. And it is the female version of Ocean's Eleven, but like they do things that like in the real world only girls could do. So. It's, um... Well, it's great. They really, I, I don't know. And that's, it's just, it's funny, Marv, because you know, we talked about representation that spans a lot of different categories, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about ethnicity and, and race and, you know, all that. It's about just different types of stories, right? Like seeing things that are not always in our face all the time and redone and remade. And this remake I thought was really well done because they made it personal. Like you could make it a total knockoff kind of but you know there are definitely similarities but i feel like they really just leaned into the uniqueness of having an ensemble female cast they took liberties like creative liberties to be really funny with it that i that i really liked uh can't wait to talk more about it maybe next week when we can actually i know talk about it but uh, (laughs) definitely i give it my recommendation it sounds like you give it your recommendation definitely go check out oceans 8 it comes out next week on june 8th right Yes, June 8th. I was like, June 5th? I was like, no, June 5th is when the embargo is on. <laughs> um, what have you been watching or into? Or oh, I've been, I've been watching so much. Um, so much TV. Um, Killing Eve is amazing. And we're going to find time to talk about that with some people, hopefully, later this month. Um, since the first season just wrapped up. And, like, Sandra Oh. Like, again, like, Sandra Oh, like, long-deserving of her own show finally gets in knocks out of the park and it's so gratifying to see um but i've been reading a book called uh the poppy war by rf kwong who is still in college like she's like in her like third year Eh? and she's already published a like it's a 500 page adult fantasy novel um with inspirations from like chinese history and folklore and (laughs) it's um it's amazing um, I've I've been I'm about halfway through and it's um, it's I've been on this binge of just um, as listeners might know I also run another podcast called Books and Boba where we read books by Asian and Asian American authors and I've had the honor of like having a co-host who does a lot of research and lets me know about all the great books that are coming out and shout out to um, rira yeah shout out to rira you my my co-host on that podcast and book club and i've been just reading a lot of books by asian americans 
and it's it's similar to what's happening in um in movies where you're getting people that are in coming to the industry who want to tell their stories that are kind of sick of like the same old elves and orcs and things that we've seen a billion times and are pulling from their own their own interests and perspective and histories to create new stories in the you know American canon. Um Minji, I know you've been reading a book called Pachingo that I lent you that's all about like Koreans who immigrated to Japan. And that's another story that when I read, like, I, I feel like I learned so much. I'm definitely learning a lot. And it's definitely layered also because I'm dating a Japanese American guy. And like, it's kind of contextualizing a lot of things that I didn't, didn't like consciously process. <laughs> like growing up, you just kind of experienced it. Oh, like these are the things that like your parents say, these are the attitudes that people around you have. Um, and that's why I feel like so – I've said this multiple times on this podcast how incompetent I feel in terms of Asian-American history. I don't feel like I have a good grasp of everything that's out there and it's just beginning to scratch the surface. And that's why I feel kind of silly when I'm talking to Marvin because he's so much more well-read, clearly, um, and more well-educated. But that's what makes it great. Like I'm constantly learning from him. And every time I have an opinion about XYZ, he has some way to like contextualize it in terms of history <laughs> or culture. I'm like, oh, you don't say. I had no idea. And on the negative side, I feel super ignorant. But, you know, got to start somewhere, right? Yep, I'm a giant nerd. That's my. That's me. That's um, so important, though. <laughs> um, but it's in, it's important in our history, especially now that you know, Asian Americans, especially Asian American millennials, are becoming more politically active. It's important to know what's come in the past. And on that note, there 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 was um, PBS and Cam released a documentary just, that just came out. It's streaming on PBS right now, I think, covering the Chinese Exclusion Act. And for those of you who are like really worked up when, you know, um, the government was talking about Muslim bans and all this immigration talk, like this stuff's happened before and it happened to Chinese people um, in the 1800s. And so this is a, if you want to learn more, check out the documentary and learn about what our country actually did to a whole entire ethnicity of people right. um, before we were even born. It's, it's really, you know what? Okay. I, I feel like the conversation, like I'm saying, when we learn more and get educated, it, it just matures the conversation. It's less ignorant because we're actually speaking about facts and things that are based in historical context that actually make sense. Because I feel like there's so many emotions flying around. Everyone gets pissed off and that they don't really know, including me, like don't fully know what they're talking about. Right. So like that's that's but- me. Like I've gotten to multiple as many, probably many <laughs> of you out there listening have probably had like there's so many different kinds of conversations happening right now about race, about culture, um, people getting really mad and blaming people for this or like villainizing people for that. And I'm just putting this out there because I've been really, really getting humbled in a way of how ignorant I've been to get really worked up about X, Y, or Z without knowing the full context of, of everything. Um, and sometimes my, my like feelings are justified, but sometimes they're not. (laughs) And it's, important to be able to reconcile that i mean feelings and the way people feel about things the way people think about things the way people are taught about things are all rooted in 
a lot of times things that happened before, like we're taught certain things by our parents because what their parents taught them or what they experienced in in life, we're taught by our teachers based on their prejudices and their um, their. Frame of references. We're taught by media, uh, basically yeah. everything that the, the you know whoever controls the message wants us to see and hear. You know, so that's why it's that's why we fight for representation, inclusion, and diversity because the fact is we need a lot of different voices and a lot of different people telling us or teaching us things to have the most well-rounded and most you know well-adjusted frame of reference for, especially in in this country where. A lot of us are from different cultures and backgrounds. You know, it's important did, to know. Marv, did you ever have the like? I'm asking this because like we just got out of AFAM, right? And I actually had a really <laughs> interesting conversation with several Asian Americans who were talking about actually being part of the crowd that is really fortunate to be around a lot of Asian Americans, and then kind of being able to have more nuanced understanding of the problem because they're around so many Asian Americans as opposed to people who maybe like live in geographical areas where there's not that many and there's not much diversity. So they feel very kind of singular and more a little bit on their own. But I actually heard from friend this APAM where they're like, I need to have non-Asian friends. (laughs) Like that was actually a really interesting discussion I had with someone up in Seattle where she was basically really just saying, I I feel like I really understand and know my Asian American brothers and sisters, like, and I will always support that and reflect on it. But also, she's like, I don't think I have that many non-Asian friends to really expand the conversation a little bit within her own universe. So that was really interesting. So it was cool to like expand it out of just like not going on this whole, oh, (laughs) I'm Asian and I'm so therefore I'm special, which you are like, you are unique to like what your background is and where you come from and how it's different. But also like learning about other people and learning, being curious about other cultures, other experiences, other regions, like what have you. I thought it was was a really good conversation. And I think that's the promise of this connected world we live in is that we can. like We're not stuck in our hometowns anymore. We can learn about as many people as possible. And the flip side is because there's so much information and so many so, – and because it's so easy to get connected people, the opposite sometimes happens too where people just get further entrenched in their own bubble because, because they can literally surround themselves Right. With people that you know think the same as they do, but um, I think that's the benefit of like the beauty of being able to travel. Right, that you and I have been able to travel to different places, um, not only on the coast but also in Middle America, and we've been able to meet and talk to a lot of people who that were the only Asians in their school and were the only um, minority, and see and listen to their experiences, um, like. My, my grad school group was, was was very mixed because we were, you know, an international group. And mm-hmm. through that, we were, I was also able to learn a lot about, you know, other aspects of, of the American experience that I didn't learn because I lived in, I grew up in a very Asian place. Um, SGV is like super <laughs> But, I mean, the SGV is also like, to me, it's a magical place where... You can be. You can go to any boba place and you see people of all colors, like enjoying boba and eating, you know, like pork chop rice. Love and, it. And now uh, I'm really hungry. And at the same time, see the same crowd at the local taco place too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
No, definitely. And it's, it's just great that I think all these conversations are happening in general. And I can't imagine like how much things have changed even from when we started this podcast like three years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the evolution continues. Yes. It's interesting we talk about um, um, reading more, though, because I just read an article saying, you know how there's all these articles about how millennials are killing XY industry because we poor and we you know, value different things. Yeah. Um, you know what's one industry that hasn't been killed by us, but actually is growing and thriving because of millennials? Books? Books and libraries. Yes! <laughs> that makes me endlessly happy. <laughs> I love libraries. Like, I grew up in one. I treasure them. They make me, they're like a happy place. I'm happy to hear that. See, you guys, this is a response, a direct response to the fact that we, yeah, we are online so freaking much. We need a break. We just want a freaking <laughs> physical book you can hold in your hands that's not going to alert you with other things <laughs> and yeah. just read a story. That's great. I love that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the May headlines. Thanks for listening to the Collabcast. The Collabcast is a production of Collaboration, a nonprofit media organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting to creative talents of the Asian American community. You can learn more about Collaboration and our programs by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from our communities. If you like the Collabcast this week, you should also check out the last few episodes from They Call Us Bruce. They Call Us Bruce is an Asian American culture discussion podcast hosted by the angry Asian man Phil Yu and the OG Asian American journalist Jeff Yang. This week, they've been working on Overdrive, bringing you three episodes. The first featuring Tony Award winning playwright David Henry Huang. And the other two featuring two Asian Americans who are running for elected office, Jane Kim, who is running to become the mayor of San Francisco, and John Chong, who is running to become the governor of California. You can listen to these episodes and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to our website at podcastpotluck.com. Um, and speaking of elected office, uh, for those of you in California, don't forget, this coming Tuesday, June 5th, is voting day for the California primaries. So don't forget to get to your polls and make your voice heard. Um, before we get back to the show, I uh, wanted to quickly bring up a story that we missed during our discussion, and that's the casting of Daniel Day Kim and Keanu Reeves in the Ali Wong and Randall Park upcoming rom-com, Always Be My Maybe. In addition to Daniel and Keanu, actors Karan Sony and Charlene Yee will also be joining the cast. Um, this is super exciting for us because this is shaping up to be a very Asian-American-focused rom-com, which um, apparently rom-coms are our new thing, with movies like Crazy Rich Asians and... To all the boys I loved before, not a bad way to break in. But yeah, well, we'll definitely be following Always Be My Maybe during its production, and hopefully we'll be able to report on some more good news soon. Uh, but on that note, yeah, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. I am Marvin Yue here with my co-host. Minji Chang. And uh, Minji. What's up? It was a very busy APAM for us. Um, oh, just a smidge. <laughs> But uh, I uh, I was able to gather some of the, I guess, some of the more important headlines uh, to talk with you about. Um, but, um, I'm all ears. First up, 
um there was a lot of television news over may a lot of shows were it was about the time when fall shows are being renewed or canceled and new pilots are picked up so um first up uh good news is fresh out the boat has been renewed for their fifth season so congrats yes. to the crew there wasn't that like potentially on the chopping block were they worried yeah, that they were, it wasn't going to be renewed they weren't renewed during the season so it, it, was, it was basically they're on the bubble for at least a, a couple weeks oh <laughs> drama but congrats to fresh out the book i don't know abc was like i think they were weighing their their options i guess yeah um, but now they well, have a ABC hole now, done. They, they've been having a stressful week if you didn't know <laughs> well now they have a hole so maybe they'll fill a that very away. big one <laughs> should we talk about that though i feel like i should have brought that up that has been on my mind oh um well we can talk about it a little bit because you Are you were a Roseanne fan back in back Huge. when the, their first run? I still am a fan of seasons one through whatever eight, uh-huh. nine, because um, I still think you know the original show is so good. It was, it was like it annoyed me to no end when I was little. Like mm-hmm. when I didn't understand the comedy, I I thought it was super obnoxious because Roseanne. Is like her character is is on purpose. Well, just naturally, she's an obnoxious woman, but that's like the comedy of it. And <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just so sad. It's like she, there's no excuse. They absolutely made the right call. But there's part of me that's really bummed that it got canceled. Not because it's not the right thing. It was absolutely the right call. But um, it's just a shame because I feel like there were 23 something million people that tuned in when it came back, uh-huh. and. I'm just thinking about what that audience was, and I'm sure it was a lot of different kinds of people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that many other shows that could bring the same types of people all under one virtual house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it comes to like there's this, especially now in the days of like the Me Too movement and diversity and just. Wanting our media to reflect our real world and to reflect a world that we want to live in, um, there's been a lot of news that makes you question like the media that you've enjoyed in the past, right? Like we, we've talked about this with um, uh, a couple years ago with Kimmy Schmidt and how like I still have not seen past season one just because of that Asian bullshit stuff that they did in season two. Oh, uh, with uh, Titus's character, yeah, and I, I love that show. Um, yeah, and. Yeah. Like things like um, the recent hub up with Rust Development, like that was my favorite show, and it still is. I'm sure I'm going to go and watch it eventually, but like there's just this ickiness now attached to it uh, because of things that happen. Right? Yeah, and, and there's different. I think there's different ways that you can look at it, and it, the, basically where you're at with said subject, whatever it is, it's going to impact you differently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it goes to show we, we're not. Unaware that there are consequences to our actions, it's hard to just separate the art from the artist. I had a really hard time like enjoying Chris Brown songs after the whole Rihanna thing, and <laughs> I still to this day, you know, the songs are dope, but I would feel some type of way, like, oh, am I giving money to this and this artist? Who That's ex- happening you know? right now with Kanye West's new album. Like people are like, the music's dope, but the guy sucks. Yeah, I don't know what to do. And it's just weird, but like maybe, and again, who knows? Like. Conflict can lead to a lot of good progress because you have to sit back and reflect on like what you're consuming, how, why, yeah. and what do you stand for. So that's all good and well. But yeah. going back to like the Roseanne thing, like yeah, I do not in any way 
excuse anything she said. And she's like saying, I thought it was really funny how like ambient, I hate big pharma, but ambient comes out and like, like racism is not a side effect of ambient. I thought it was really I mean, when weird. big pharma is on the side of good, it's like, I was like, oh we, damn. We are in topsy turvy world. We are, I know. In, we are living in upside down world right now. I was like, where are we right now? I don't understand. <laughs> but well, um, it's all just sad. But I guess it, but on the, the silver lining is, it's very clear that a lot of people are completely not defend most. I mean, I doubt there's very many people and I'm sure there are some, but for the most part, people are like, no fucked up. Stop. Yeah. Well, speaking of ABC, um, they also passed on a show that we had our eye on called greatest American hero, which is a remake of, I guess, I think it was an early nineties um, show, except this new, um, this new version was to be um, show ran by Nanashka Khan, who, um, is also one of the original showrunners of Fresh Off the Boat um, and was going to star um, a South Asian actress named Hannah Simone, who's best known for The New Girl. Um, but ABC passed on it because um, I think the quote was that it didn't fit with their um, their vibe. Got it. Well, they be reevaluating <laughs> all their vibes right now. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's know. a bummer because that was, uh, was going to be like. Um, that was one of those shows where there was some backlash to it because, like, certain people don't want to be portrayed as lazy and bumbling. But then, like, you know. Oh, like, is that what it was? There was oh, okay. I was, wasn't picking up on the. <laughs> no, it's the, so the main character is a, is a basically a slacker, like, alcoholic, like, South Asian woman who finds okay. a super suit and becomes a superhero. I think that's awesome. <laughs> so people are pissed off that it's not, like, a shining... No, when the news came out, there were a couple of tweets saying that, well, we didn't want this bad representation anyways. Oh, okay. So this is where Jimmy Oyang would go off. Well, he did because he's just like, there's all kinds of every kind of, of people. Yeah. Like, yeah, representation sucks because there's so few representations. I, we get it clearly. But also, it does good to humanize people and show, hey, there's great and terrible and funny and boring of all kinds. It's Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, this show had like a lot of that kind of trolling too. A lot of like, why are we making this? Why are we casting a white guy as a South Asian woman? This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's just like people running out of ideas to all the remakes. But yeah, but if, but if you're going to remake something or if you're going to like reboot something, do it like Ocean's 8. And just like switch up the switch up the genders and ethnicities and see what happens because, you know. A lot of times, these, these remakes are of shows that, in their time, was like very, 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 very white. Yeah, it's but like we if, have you, it if you remade season. if you remade Friends, you would like switch up the Friends, right? Oh, of course, I would cast myself. <laughs> <laughs> are but, you the Rachel or the Monica or the Phoebe? I, you know, I think I think I would have more fun playing a Monica or Phoebe. Like, I think mm. when I was younger, because I thought Rachel was, like, the pretty one that got all the guys, et cetera, that I wanted to be like her. Now that I, I'm a grown woman <laughs> and that I have, you know, grown I, as a person. Like, I would love to play someone, like, just a character. I can see I think, you as a Monica, because you kind of have that manic energy that she has. Oh, thank you, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. I'd be down. I'd be like, oh, my God, that would be hilarious. Who would be your Ross? Who would be your brother? Oh, good question. Mm. There needs to be a whole other episode where we re- recast everything. <laughs> Give me some time. I'll I'll, I'll cast Monica people. and Ross. Um, let's say Kang, 
And there has to be an episode where you go back to your parents' house to like celebrate um, the Moon Festival or something. The oh, totally Chosuk? down. Chosuk? Chusuk. Chusuk, yeah. <laughs> totally down. Yes. It is being written. Make it. Um, some new shows that got picked up. Single Parents, uh, which is about a bunch of single parents. Um, but one of the single parents in this story is played by Jake Choi. Yeah, Jake. <clears throat> Holla. So congrats to Jake. He's, it looks like he's playing like a single dad who's also in this new breed of sitcom Asian bros. So I'm excited to see um, how that how that plays out. What do you think is happening? So there's like there's because of the emasculation of Asian men, there's like this surge of, of sexy Asian guys not complaining. Um, <laughs> love it. What's happening with the women? I'm not trying to make everything about everything, but I'm just curious. Is there any? It's just really focusing on the men right now. I don't know. That's true, huh? It's fine. I'm not complaining. I'm not what trying to would, turn this into like, what about yeah. the women? I mean, um, yeah, we have people like um, like Jason Mendoza on The Good Place and Josh Chan from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, in any case, don't you be worrying about the Asian women because I be writing and it's coming. <laughs> so don't worry. A lot well, of people are writing right now. <laughs> speaking of Asian women, um, another show that got picked up is I Feel Bad by uh, starring Soraya Blue, um, nice. who was one of our Empower speakers. Yeah, she's so lovely. Yeah. She's great. I'm so happy for her. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's another family sitcom where she plays the most imperfect mom, boss, wife, friend, and daughter. So the most she's imperfect? Imperfect. Love. And um, this show is executive produced by your hero, Amy Poehler. <gasps> yes! So yeah, congrats to Sarayu on, on the show. Um, and um, some uh, more fun news. There's a new Magnum PI coming out starring Jay Hernandez um, playing the role that Tom Selleck made famous. Um, and the pilot is directed by Justin Lin. So that should Shut up. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, forgive me. I want your take, Marv, as a man because, you know, men, are they have their man crushes. And, you know, we all agree that Jessica Gordon-Levitt is like swoon. Do, um, we, do we agree? We do agree. I'm speaking for you, Marv, because every guy I've talked to, they're like, yeah, Joe Scorlove, I have a guy crush on him. Tom Selleck, do you, do you, do you think he falls in the swoon category? I mean, the man has an amazing mustache. But is that what it is? Because I'm not a mustache kind of girl, but like there's something about Tom Selleck that you're just like, oh, hey. Oh. I mean, that's why he was in Friends like that, too. That's why he guessed Monica. They're always like, oh my god, hi. You're totally the Monica. I'm totally Monica. This is, we're just really establishing that. But do you, yay or nay on Who's Tom Tom Selleck's character in the new Friends that we're we're making? Is it Daniel Day Kim? I feel inappropriate because I know him. (laughs) (laughs) But totally. Who would you cast as your older, older uh, doctor? Uh, Is there anyone else? No. Now um, I feel like so shy and I'm, I was like, please don't. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I never, I never really saw Tom Selleck as handsome. I just knew him as the dude with the mustache. Yeah, but he's so swoon worthy. Okay. Well, we I mean, I agree. Like, you know, time. um, like the Chris's are pretty good looking dudes. The Marvel Chris's. Oh know? yeah, for sure. I don't know. He's, he's always been like the old dude to me. So I don't know. Maybe I just yeah, don't. But he's the old dude that, that makes you swoon. <laughs> You're like, why? Does he? 
Well, I want to ask your girlfriend. We'll see how she feels. <laughs> she's she's all about the Chris's. Yeah, especially, especially aren't we one, all though? Especially the Thor. <laughs> aren't we all? Oh no. Um, one last piece of TV news: um, The Expanse, which is a show that everyone knows that I love, um, was canceled by Sci-Fi for a couple of weeks before it was saved by Amazon. Um, so season four and on will be on Amazon. And this is, this counts as Asian American news because the showrunner of the expanse, Naren Shankar is South Asian. Yes. And, um, the show also features a bunch of actors of Asian descent, including Francois Chow. And also, they also have one of the few, um, Maori women on TV, uh, Frankie Adams, who plays a Martian Marine. So. Very cool. Um, very cool. Uh, I'm very, I'm very happy that ex- the expanse got uh, saved. I feel like Minji. One of these days, you should watch it. I'm not sure if it's your cup of tea, but it's very well made. I need to, yeah, for the sake of just knowing what's in production, I need to know these things. <laughs> and shout out to anybody else who's like terrible at watching stuff like me. I feel you. <laughs> Um, other news um, from the month: Crazy Rich Asians got their release date moved up, so now it comes out on August fifteenth instead of August seventeenth, uh, which I think is a smart move. Yeah, what uh, happened? Do you know? I don't know. It's it's a studio decision, but my um, <clears throat> putting on my marketing cap. Um, you know, having watched the a couple pre preview screenings, um, it's it's a movie that I feel like will do good with word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And giving it two extra days will give it time to generate that word of mouth in time for opening weekend. Got it. So I, I think it's a good um, it's it's a good strategy for this movie because it's I think a lot of buzz. A lot of people are going to wait to hear people rave about it and then decide to go watch it. That's just yeah. my hunch. And this gives it you know this gives it that boost so that they can still make a great opening weekend. And that's good because if it makes it if it kills it that opening weekend. Then it opens the doors for future projects. Word. That's yeah. great. The more you know, shooting star. <laughs> um, but that's just my theory. Um, also, uh, I think this is noteworthy. Um, Westworld finally shows us Shogun World that we've been <laughs> waiting for all season. And if you're an eagle eyed viewer like I am, you can catch a little bit of my co host, Minji Chang, in the background of <laughs> one of the scenes. <laughs> I look terrible, but it's uh, all good. <laughs> how, how does it feel now that your your uh, appearance is, has been shown? We've been waiting for this for like at least a year, I feel like. Well, I was waiting so much that I forgot about it. It was like <laughs> it's like eight months. But um, no, it was really, really cool. And I was genuinely kind of like, I was like, why is everyone making such a big deal? I'm like, I'm a background character. <laughs> such a, such a, like, and I was like, did they read my caption? They know I put it in the caption that I'm a background character, right? <laughs> like, why is everyone making such a big deal? I um, feel like because you're on for like a split second. I wonder mm-hmm. how many people commenting actually like saw you. Oh, no. They're, they're, they're commenting because I put it in my caption. You guys, I made it on a mess world, you know. <laughs> But um, so I thank you guys. I love you. I love all my friends for being so excited for me. But yeah, it was really, really cool. And I, I don't know what I'm allowed to. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about a lot of stuff because of NDA stuff. But yeah. there's definitely a lot that I learned um, seeing them create this world. You know, like the the way that um, just the set and like the costuming, everything. Like I got my hair done and 
that I was, I had a 4.30 a.m. call time. It was crazy. You know, there's so many extras. <laughs> there's so many, it was all Asian extras, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of us were Korean. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Wearing kimonos and. Yeah. You, you had, you had to wear like, those, like those Japanese sandals too, right? The, the yeah. Clack, the clack. Mine broke on set. <laughs> I don't know if that was my fault, but that's what happened. And I was like, oh, damn. Um, I broke my sandal yeah. on Lost World. But it was a really cool experience. And, and uh, you know, Leo's, Leo, Leonardo Nam is super passionate about representation, about talking about these things, about having a good dialogue and, like, yeah. peeling back the layers. So it was great to talk to him, get his feedback and all that. It was yeah, really cool. The episode itself was pretty good, too. Um, I, I do keep up with Westworld and... Um, it, it was. It's actually a really interesting episode that touches on like the um, fetishization of Japanese culture by Hollywood as mm. in, as a subtext of like this is how like white people see samurai culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but Danny Newton has a a from all accounts a really good um, a really solid Japanese accent, um, and that's thanks in part to our friend Junko Goda, who was her dialogue coach. So um, yes. maybe we can get her on the pod sometimes to talk about because she's uh, she all, she often does interpretation and dialogue coaching for a lot of um, Hollywood actors. So that's dope. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, congrats, Minji. You made Thank it. You. You're on a you're on a top HBO show. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day I'll get lines. <laughs> but Uh, one thing at a time let's not get ahead of ourselves um other news this one's really was interesting to me so netflix is has picked up the rights to make flash boys which is a michael lewis novel Uh, michael lewis if you don't know is the author behind um books like the blind side the big short they're making it yeah so this was the screenplay from the aaron sorkin email that was leaked from the north korea hack on sony where he was saying this screenplay, this movie will never be made because there are no Asian American leading men. Right? Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Vaguely. So Netflix is picking up and they're going to make it. And it's great because the main character of this story is a Asian Canadian dude named Brad Katsuyama. Do they say who's casting it yet? No, they, um, the news is they're picking up the, they, they picked up the rights and they're going to make it. So oh, they're going to be casting soon. So That's awesome. Love. So you Asian dudes that can play um, Wall Street pros. This is your chance. Oh, there are many. This needs to happen. <laughs> Speaking of Asian American leading men, um, did you cast this year's uh, APAM campaign by social media influencer Will, Will You? No, I did not. So he's the guy that did Star and John Show last year. Very nice. Or two years ago. Um, this year, and now we have searching. Thank you <laughs> to you, sir. This year he did a campaign called C as Am Star, where okay. he uses like face mapping technology to map like John Cho's face onto Chris Evans' face um, for the Avengers. He put uh, Steven Yeun's face on Jiggle's face, Justin Grover Lev's face from um, uh, 500 Days of Summer. Nice. And like he um, he actually got picked up by uh, it's he made videos basically with their face on white actors doing their scenes. And it's pretty awesome. You should check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, there's Constance Wu as Scarlett Johansson. Um, in Ghost in the Shell. Nice. <laughs> good good placement. I yeah. like it. So um, if you guys are interested, it's hashtag C as Amstar. And you, you'll, you'll see a bunch of posts by him. It's pretty awesome. Very clever. Um, and I guess our, our last piece of news, um, something we touched on last episode, but I wanted to bring up again, is actress Elizabeth Sung passed away last week. And if you don't know her, she's been, like, you've seen her 
on the Yellow and the Restless. She's best known as a actress in Joyla Club, um, and she's played characters in like every single Asian American <laughs> indie film. Um, most recently, White Rabbit by uh, Vivian Bang. Yeah, so. she played so many of our friends' mothers, and like, <laughs> just not even like the characters that she plays, but the role that she played for people in their lives. I mean, I didn't personally know her, but it was just very, very touching and sad to see how much she guided everybody else to understand the industry better, to get better at their roles, to rehearse with them, all this stuff. It just, she sounded like such a wonderful person. Yeah. So again, um, just wanted to uh, pay respect to a very, very. Um, outspoken and important part of the Asian American entertainment community. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with her, um, check out her old work. Cause um, you, you'll like, she's like an actress. Like she has like so many credits on, on IMDb, like 94 credits as an actress. Wow. She started acting in 1988 as a role on the equalizer. <laughs> goals, Elizabeth. Thank you for helping me uh, set my goals. I need to get 94 <laughs> credits. <laughs> Yeah, that's what people do though they 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 blaze the trail right they yeah. she paved the way for a lot of important people yeah um and those were the top stories of may um if i did forget anything you can you know yell at me on twitter or something but um, let's all be nice for once well minji you're gonna have a very busy june as well right i think you're, you're traveling all over the place you're producing stuff um maybe <laughs> Thank you so much for making time. Minji's actually calling in from the Bay Area where she is uh, for the weekend. So uh, thanks for thanks for chatting with us and catching up. I love you guys. It's exciting. <laughs> and we have a lot of stuff coming up this summer and in the fall especially. So yeah. keep you posted. <laughs> As always, you can contact us on the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you download your podcasts. Um, leave us a nice rating and review on uh, on iTunes if you can. And uh, special thanks to uh, Matt Amadel for use of his song uh, for this week's intro and outro. Uh, check out his music. It's great. Um, and yeah, that'll do it. Uh, thanks again for recapping the news of May with me, Minji. Yes, happy to be here. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. You probably thought it was delusional You messed me up real bad, you left me mental Whoever thought that I would be coming back into your arms, your arms You left your minds apart But I ain't loving it You play me bad real bad and you some cheap shit I never thought that you would be about the lane But you're clicking on me, maybe you must think I'm